guys, and thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Back Your Chat podcast. Going to jump straight in with a uh, little bit of a recap of last week's uh, UFC Overeem versus Walt Harris card, uh, ESPN 8. Um, Alistair Overeem is just literally the gift that keeps on giving. How he comes back from some of some of the knockouts he receives and comes back and, and still manages to get the job done against Walt Harris, obviously knocked down in the first round, looked down and out. Um, people question his chin. I mean, I, I think in his last one, two, three, four, five losses, seven losses are all KO. Ten. Well, okay. I don't think he's ever lost by anything but KO by the look of it. And, and to keep coming back, uh, he's not getting any younger, is he? I mean, what is he? He's forty years old. Um, still an absolute beast. Um, but a, a pretty impressive performance, really. To uh, I think Walt obviously gassed a little bit. Well, a little bit. He he did gas. Um, was absolutely exhausted by the end of it and just couldn't get out of the way of uh, of Reen there on the ground. Couldn't move. Referee rightly so caused a stop to it. Maybe could have called it earlier, but I think it was probably justified in the end. Um, but yeah, I mean Alistair Overeem. I, I do like I do like Alistair Overeem. Um, I actually picked Walt Harris to win the fight. I thought he was going to be a little bit too much for him. Um, but yeah, Reem just keep keeps getting better. He says he wants to continue. Says he's he feels good. Um, actually, just looking at his record now, he's he's lost in MMA fourteen fights by knockout he's lost 18 total so to get knocked out 14 times and to keep coming back and keep trusting your chin is something pretty special um and i would love to see him win the ufc championship i think that's the only the only real thing missing from from his mantelpiece at the moment i mean he's he's obviously won k1 belts um pride no he didn't win pride did he semi-finalist um strike force champion um, but yeah, I, th- I think he would deserve a, a UFC belt, but whether he'll get there again, who knows? Um, but anything can happen in the heavyweight division, can't it? What one touch on the chin and, uh, and everything changes. So, but, uh, but yeah, just wanted to sort of touch on that, that the fact that, uh, fair play to Reem really, and, and, and hopefully see him back soon. Um, hopefully recover well. I mean, he did take a bit of a beating in that first round and a big, big punch to knock him down. So, um, yeah, hopefully uh, see him back soon and uh, get him back in, in, in another win column. Another another fighter I want to talk about, uh, Nate Landwehr. Landwehr? I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Nate, Nate, anyway. Very, very impressive performance against Darren Elkins. First round, yeah, a little bit sloppy, but the next two just absolutely dominated. Um, he looks like a bit of a prospect, um, down, down at featherweight there. Um, just looking at the rankings as well as to, is it a little bit early for him for a top 15 maybe? Um, but to go out there and beat a seasoned veteran like, uh, like Darren Elkins, it is pretty impressive and pretty special to be fair. So potentially looking at one of the top 15, maybe something like a Sadiq Youssef, um, could be a, a, a very, uh, that'd be quite a good fight actually. Um, so maybe that that could be next on the cards for Landwehr. Um, and then the the final fight I want to want to sort of touch upon. Um, and in fact, no, two two fights I want to touch upon. The first one being Kevin Holland. Um, very very impressive by by Kevin Holland. Anthony Hernandez. I'm sorry, you've got to back your chat. 
if if you come out with a mullet in a tash like that, you, you've got to last longer than thirty nine seconds. Um, so yeah, you're not back in your chat there. If, you, if you're going to come out looking like that, you've got to be good, and, uh, and and to get pretty much steamrolled by Kevin Holland, which to be fair, Kevin Holland's a very impressive fighter. Again, another one that, that that's knocking on the door of those perhaps top fifteen. Um, that the top fifteen rankings, um, perhaps not there yet. Maybe one more fight, but uh, but yeah, n- another impressive performance really by by Kevin there. And then uh, then yeah, the last one, like I said, I want to I want to talk about with the uh, with the card um, was Miguel Baeza, uh, Matt Brown. Very impressed with with Baeza. Um, again, a, a lot of this card was kind of there or thereabouts um, fighters that, that that are trying to break into that top fifteen. Um, Baeza again, a tough tough veteran in Matt Brown. What what can you say about Matt Brown? I mean, he, he was on a two fight win streak, I suppose, um, against two again aging sort of veterans, if you want to call them that, um, and then comes up against a bit of a younger, hungrier guy. Is it time for him to call it a day? I don't know. Um, like I say, coming off a two two fight win streak, two impressive wins actually, to be fair, with with, with knockouts. So. Will he just be another fighter like like a, a Darren Elkins, maybe become a bit of a gatekeeper um, that that's just gonna you, you know either either fight aging veterans again um, or or become that gatekeeper to the younger younger guys to see whether they're ready for that sort of top fifteen opponent. Um, obviously been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Matt Brown, very impressive story. Um, I think I think he was he at one stage um, legally dead. I, I think uh, is the is the right way to put it. Um, which uh which which fair play to to come back from everything he he's suffered and and come through i, th- I think it was it, it was a heroin overdose it was it was a dr- drug addict i think anyway um and and yeah nearly died which, which fair play to him to come back and and you got to take your hat off to somebody like that um definitely an inspiration to probably a lot of other people out there struggling um and and yeah you you'd like to see him back but but at the same time you also don't want to see him taking too much damage because it, Somebody with that sort of history of, of drug abuse, you keep taking these these knockouts and 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 damage to the brain and and everything like that. Yeah, you don't want to tempt fate, and you'd hate to see it. But stories like that don't always end well. <laughs> they very rarely end well, and and you'd hate to see it happen to somebody like a Matt Brown to come back from everything he's been through. To, to, to end up with, with some sort of CTE, which I suppose is inevitable in fight sports, um, but to take unnecessary CTE, um, obviously you'd like to uh, you'd like to see him potentially call it a bit of a day sooner rather than later. So that's my summary um, of of ESPN Overeem versus uh, versus Walt Harris. Um, I did talk about in the last episode um, Claudia Gardea versus Angela Hill. Um, so Claudia gets the win, a bit of a controversial win. I, I think I had a slightly edging it, um, probably because I picked her before the fight. Um, and, and I, I, my suggestion was that she called out, um, JJ, Joanna Jenjacek. Um, she went in a different route. My, my idea behind that being the whole fight island, um, and again, I, I'm going to touch upon the, uh, upon the fight island. Now, I don't want to come across as a bit of a misogynist and, and, and whatever, but a lot of these fighters are using sex appeal to, to not sell themselves, um, but on Instagram, which is a common thing to do nowadays. Um, and, you, and you look at the, the TV programs now that we, that we have in, in quote unquote reality TV shows. Um, so you look at the, the Too Hot to Handle on, on Netflix, Love Island, um, shows like that where they, they, they're basically they're broadly using sex appeal to sell the show. 
I think this this could be a route that the UFC goes down. Now, they, you, you I, don't, I don't know how to put this, but your your MMA kind of hardcore probably wouldn't want to do it, just because it it, it can you know dampen the brand of of the fight um, of of the sort of sport, and and it can almost become a little bit farcical, maybe a little bit too WWE. Um, Vince McMahon, obviously <laughs> well known for using sex appeal of especially female fighters. Um, there's no reason why the, the the blokes need to be out there in their in their pants, basically. Uh, but the reason he does that is because they're all roided up to the eyeballs and look amazing. So it it sells. It, it's what your eyes see. It draws. It, it, it's a it's a basic but a basic sort of business plan isn't it you know it's the oldest oldest uh oldest profession um so looking from from that sort of angle i i, I think if they want to try and re sort of vitalize the the tough brand um the ultimate fighter p- perhaps for me a, a, an avenue to go down um you do a bit of a co-ed ultimate fighter um, looking and and basically using the same sort of principles as, like I've said, Too Hot to Handle, um, Love Island, all that kind of stuff. It's actually an idea I came up with a couple of years ago um, after I saw the sort of success of, of Love Island. Um, massive in the UK and now it's gone global. Uh, I think a lot of countries have their own versions. Um, and, and to look at the, the sort of global appeal of that, it, it could be, it, to me, it's something worth, worth potentially doing. Um, again, my, my, my sort of suggestion was um, was looking at Claudio de Gaudea versus Joanna. They, they both use that. They, they both subscribe to that sort of um, sort of appeal. Um, but, but probably the biggest fight that, that you could make in that regard would be a, a Paige Van Zandt versus Rachel Ostovich. Um, again, don't want to be too sort of sexist on this, but... But you got to back your chat, and both of them back their chat all day long on Instagram. That's, that's all they're doing is posting those sort of thirst traps, if you like. And and to get a fight island with those two um, on a on a desert island, you know, filming for for four to six weeks, whatever it is, it's going to be good good TV, isn't it? Let's be honest. People are going to tune in to watch. Um, they've got a bit of a history that they, they last for eighteen months ago. Neither have fought since. I think Paige Van Zandt is rumoured, I think that broke overnight, that, that she is rumoured to, to have another fight um, lined up against Amanda Rebas, I think. Um, I think she, she's she got another fight lined up, but win or lose, to me, that, that's a call out right there. Rachel Ostovich on Fight Island, four to six weeks, you have a co-ed edition, and again, with, with all of these reality shows... Add a little bit of scripting. I know that the fight should be pure, and, and I completely, 100%, I'd, I'd hate to see any sort of fight be sort of doctored in a WWE way. Um, some organisations, I have my suspicions, are doing that. But, it's probably a discussion for another show. Um, but to, they, they, they could add a little bit of drama to it by potentially scripting a few bits. Um, obviously, if you're going to take like a page in there, he, she's going to take in... Um, Mr. Van Zandt himself, Austin Vanderfort. There's no reason why one of the uh, one of the co-ed guys, one of the tough guys, you know, cracks on with uh, with Paige. There's a little bit of drama there. You know, it's it's ready-made scripted. Um, it's probably very obvious TV, and and you know, but I I think it is pe- something people would tune in for. Um, just going off the back of of what people tune in for at the minute in terms of reality shows, like I say, again with with like Love Island and and, and shows like that, that I, I think it sells. I, I think you get good viewing figures, um, and you're going to get a lot of fresh eyeballs onto the sport. 
because yes that the, the people are going to be drawn by Paige and Rachel for obvious reasons but they're both very very good fighters very accomplished fighters and and these new eyeballs to the to the sport will actually see this and think Jesus Christ you, you know these girls can fight and and you're going to have that with with if you cast it correctly you're going to have a lot of you know a lot of good looking people in there potentially but a lot of people that that you know fantastic athletes and hopefully people then will will love the sport and it's going to keep continue to grow and grow and grow and and obviously the ufc will, will continue to grow that's my thoughts on it you know i i i may get a bit of heat from that you know with uh with people disagreeing um probably the the mma hardcore fan base will disagree saying it's it's sort of like i say watering the uh watering the sport but just my opinions Now I'm going to change it up slightly and talk about the uh, the number one topic, I suppose, on everyone's lips in lockdown at the moment. The uh, the epic Last Dance documentary. Um, not sure what what it was on in the in the states, but on Netflix over here. Um, going back to a little bit of an old school week by week, had people looking forward to it. I know I was uh, tuning in every single Monday, um, waiting for uh, for a new episode. What a piece of what a piece of TV! Absolutely fantastic for me. Just seeing. Somebody like a Michael Jordan, who who is obviously considered the goat uh, in his sport, just seeing the behind the scenes mentality that that guy has is is impressive. Obviously, the name of this show is Back Your Chat, and and I don't think there's anyone in the world that has ever backed their chat more than him. Um, you, you get that obviously opinion of him that, that a lot of people potentially don't like him, and, and will come across, come away from the show with a bit of a negative image of him. To me, I don't know how you can. You've got to appreciate everything he did. Um, there's a two-minute segment, obviously, that went viral of him talking about whether people like him and stuff like that. And if I was him, I'd have just turned around and gone, I don't give a fuck, really, to be honest. Like, I've won what I've won. I wouldn't change a thing. And he wouldn't. I mean, he talks about, obviously, if you talk to any of his teammates, um, that any of them will, will tell you that they wouldn't be the player they they were. They wouldn't have the, uh, the accolades that they have if it weren't for him. Um, and to see it, it is so inspiring uh, for somebody like me, especially who's trying to start off this podcast. It's a little bit of fun for me, to be honest. I've got a lot of opinions that I want to get out there, a lot of ideas that I want to get out there. Um, so to actually watch something like that and hear that inspiration that, that you, you've just got to keep striving and keep going for it and keep believing in yourself um, is something I do subscribe to. Um, and and just seeing just seeing that documentary again was was just superb. Um, a little bit of bad press, I think he got. Um, I think coming out now, like Scotty Pippin coming out, Grant, all all those sort of people. But again, I think that just adds to the drama and and, and adds to the sort of viewers that, that want to watch it. Um, but yeah, j- j- just going back to his mentality, that that, that for me personally, I love that mentality. Um, you you look at people in other sports um, that that potentially get that sort of same reputation. I'm I'm thinking of like a Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, People sometimes look at him in a bit of a negative light, but he's got that work ethic. He's got that drive. Tom Brady in American football that you've got to have, if you want to be the best, you have to have that in you. You have to have that fuck you, don't give a fuck attitude. And that comes across obviously with Michael Jordan and, and he wouldn't be where he is multi-billionaire or whatever, you, you know, you wouldn't be there if, if, if it wasn't for that drive. Um, and again, some, like I say, something I, I really subscribe to and really admire. 
the other thing that I found fascinating, which, which actually I didn't realise until looking back into it, that the footage is the first time it's ever been shown. Um, again, living in living in the UK, I, I wasn't sure whether you know it was a bit of a, a remake of, of a documentary that perhaps had been previously done. But no, apparently 22 years this this footage has been sat on the shelf waiting because uh, because MJ had exclusivity and, and final cut over the uh, over the documentary and, and essentially kind of refused to to release it until now, um, which again just adds just to to the epicness of it. That that's been there for twenty years. It's behind the scenes footage that no one's ever seen, and and it makes you wonder that that there's a a documentary on on Amazon about the uh, the Man City team, which um, in, in 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 football that. I wonder how that will be looked upon in, in 20 years' time. You, you look at somebody like a Guardiola, who arguably the greatest manager in the world right now. Um, you could also argue that he's not, and he's just inherited very, very good teams anywhere he's gone. Um, but it just makes you wonder what he will be viewed upon. I mean, there's, there's a famous quote from that, uh, from the documentary of Man City, where, where he's in the dressing room and he's addressing all of the players and he's basically saying, if you want to hate me, hate me, guys. But... I'm going to make you win almost. And and that's the same attitude that, that MJ has that, that, that comes across that he's like, hate me. I, I will fight you in practice. I will fight you on the court, but I'm going to push you to be the best that you could possibly be and, and take you to places you didn't even realize you had within yourself. And just seeing that elite mentality to me is, is something extra special and, and, he is, well, you say once-in-a-lifetime athlete, but but he's not, I suppose. You, you've got sort of LeBron coming through, and, and there's always going to be that debate and argument about who, who the greatest basketball player of all time is. Um, for me, it's Michael Jordan, purely because growing up in England, um, sort of the 90s, I, I love basketball. Um, I was a young young boy, but uh, but I watched it a lot of the time, then kind of stopped watching it for a little bit, probably around about the time LeBron sort of started coming through, but for me, MJ is the uh, is is the greatest of all time, and and is accentuated by the uh, by the documentary. So last night I finished the final episode of Money Heist on Netflix. Wanted to give a bit of feedback uh, and give my thoughts on the show. So I'll, I'll I'll admit I was a little bit late to the game. Um, only started watching uh, about sort of three or four weeks ago. So when the well, pretty much when the new new series released, um, I sort of binge watched them. I don't normally read reviews, and I don't read reviews pretty much before I start watching a program. I, I will speak to people and see their thoughts um, that that I know would have a similar interest, and you know, sort of read headlines and stuff like that. This is one show I wish I had read uh, read the reviews and and sacked it off after the second second series after the first heist. Um, so there will be spoilers in three two one so obviously the first series for well, first two series first heist um i thought was really quite interesting did enjoy it um enjoyed the the whole sort of premise of it um the whole heist of it w- was fantastic and, and i did really enjoy the uh, the sort of professor um and, and how he sort of got out of situations and the plan as a whole and stuff like that so it's a little bit like a i suppose an ocean's 11 wasn't it and, and a fantastic film there and just seeing all the little twists and turns and and the, the thoughts behind it what you didn't need in the first series was all the love stories and the plots 
like that in terms of everyone falling in love with each other and every 30 seconds there was somebody new falling in love and all that kind of nonsense really kind of detracted from the uh from, from the whole heist as a whole but was watchable really like i say did really enjoy the first sort of two seasons third season obviously by all accounts netflix get a hold of it therefore becomes bigger budgets which is fine but it also becomes the input from a big studio doesn't it which normally spells disaster to me um the first episode of season three little spoiler alert in the corner saying uh this this series or this episode may contain product placement switch scene to a giant samsung billboard and samsung phones etc etc which you know probably should have stopped watching then to be honest because that kind of summed up what was going to happen throughout the rest of the series everything just then becomes so politically correct um they get away from what made the actual sort of program good which was the heist itself so they've set up a new heist obviously you get the premise behind it that they're trying to save their colleague and fantastic but then it just becomes so far-fetched and unrealistic it's like stop like we we don't need half of what you're throwing down our throat right now if I'd wanted to watch something so unrealistic, I, I would watch James Bond and, and just switch off and, and watch something that's a little bit of fun. If it was a superhero f film, you know, you'd know, you be saying it was unrealistic. When you've got a guy there, um, I'm talking about sort of the fourth four series where the undercover agent, who, by the way, is an assassin, but needs to be told by some random guy how to escape from handcuffs. I mean, come on. So the guy's all set up to this assassin, but only comes up with this idea from another guy. Okay, yeah, right, okay. So let that slide. He then goes on a, on a sort of a war on the warpath, doesn't he? Like shooting people, trying to shoot people, trying to kill all the uh, all of the money heist guys. Um, they have him cornered. Three three corners they've got him he's backed up against the wall there's six people with machine guns ex-military guys got him lined up yeah nowhere to go somehow miraculously he manages to run through the bullets and escape and happens to then stumble upon through a vent which by the way the vents aren't screwed to the wall i don't know about the norm in spain but just remove a vent carry on straight into uh, straight into the room where nairobi is um, who is also superhuman. Um, she has an operation on her lung, performed by one of the other Money Heist guys, which I can imagine is probably about a 12-hour operation in real life, but it's done within 10 minutes. Um, cut out a piece of her lung and, and she survives. Fine, okay. She then is caught by the, uh, by the military guy. She's then punched in said lung, barely feels any pain. She's then shot in the hand, barely feels any pain. She then references she's on morphine, so okay, right, okay, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll go with that. Bearing in mind she's already kind of been killed off at the end of season three, they bring her back, okay, she's obviously got some real big important part to play. No, they kill her off again, so she gets shot in the forehead, which then, again, the assassin somehow escapes, six people with machine guns, all firing directly at him, he does a little forward roll, and out the door he goes to freedom. What are you doing? What I mean, this, this ah, just 
angers me so much. It's so frustrating that you're trying to watch something about a heist and it just becomes so unrealistic. I mean, I know the whole premise is kind of unrealistic and the professor's always saying that it's impossible and we'll do the impossible and stuff, but, oh, come on. Like, even that's too far. Like I say, you could watch a James Bond film and you sit there and go, that, that would never happen. It, it, it just detracts away from what was the quality of, of the plan. And I think that's what most people were kind of feeling is that they tuned in for the plan of the heist, the thriller of it. And not all these bullshit love stories. I mean, I'd watch a Hugh Grant film if I, if I wanted to watch all of that kind of nonsense. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it does really to me. And it, it was so frustrating. Um, will I give the new series a go? I'll give the first episode a go. I, I will. I'll, I'll give it a go. And hopefully, because uh, again, afterwards, what I like to do is that when I've watched a film, or a TV program, I'll go to somewhere like IMDb and I'll read the trivia behind it. A bit sad, I know, but I like to kind of read that behind the scenes sort of, like I've, I previously mentioned about sort of the uh, the Michael Jordan um, Last Dance documentary. I love that sort of behind the scenes, the locker room. D to some extent, that that almost is is more fun for me than, than watching the game itself. Um, and, and again, that, that's my sort of views on, on MMA, is that I kind of like that locker room sort of aspect of it more than the actual sometimes the fights themselves um but yeah g g going back to sort of money heist I, I was reading reviews and, and and stuff like that in the behind the scenes and it seems a lot of people were of the same opinion and just like i say i, w I will give the new series and when it is released i hope netflix listen and it doesn't become too commercialized again and, and too politically correct with just for well i mean some of the characters were just what was the point in some of their character traits i don't understand i don't get it why some of them would be like they are um i mean denver he's come into the whole the first series being this badass street fighter yet falls in love within 30 seconds and then just goes away from his street fighter kind of nature which is fine okay he, he grows and it's character growth and he's building a character and then all of a sudden the girl that's fallen in love with him whilst he's took her hostage all of a sudden wakes up in the new series and and he's like oh yeah you're a bad guy well yeah no shit you, you know what i mean like it just becomes a little bit laughable and, and the amount of times I sat there watching it just literally saying out loud this is a joke like <laughs> some of the stuff that they were doing was was again I, I can suspend reality but, but when you've specifically made a show which is meant to be realistic and meant to draw the the, the sort of viewer into the real realism of it and, and live the part don't then throw shit at us and actually come up with the new ideas I mean the ending of the fourth series again uh, hold on, didn't that happen in the first heist? The the female negotiator goes a little bit off the rails and all of a sudden goes rogue, goes on her own, starts stealing CCTV and then on her own manages to find where the professor is. Oh, come on, like new ideas. If you're going to spend all that money on budgeting and getting sponsors in and getting Neymar in the show for God's sake, like come up with a new plot, please. That's it for this week's episode of the Back Your Chat podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again next week where I'll be looking at the Woodley versus Burns fight card, uh, which is next Saturday. Um, feel free to follow me on social media, Back Your Chat podcast on most social media sites. Um, please feel free to drop me a line on the uh, on my thoughts on the Fight Island Ultimate Fighter. Just see what your thoughts are and see what people are thinking about that as well. Um, look forward to uh, speaking to you all next week. Cheers. Ta-da.